Hello and welcome to the Mythological Africans podcast, where we read and talk about the mythology, folklore, and culture of different African people. I am your host, Helen Mundi. Episodes of this podcast come from live recordings of the Mythological Africans Twitter Space Storytime Sessions, public talks, as well as from episodes of the Mythological Africans Deep Dive series, which you can watch on YouTube. Today we are going to be reading and talking about the myth of the bagger. The myth of the bagger comes from the Ludaga people who are found in Ghana, Burkina Faso, and the Ivory Coast. The Lodaga people are also known as the Dagati, the Dagare, the Dagara, or the Dagao people. This myth tells the story of how the first men, so the ancestors of the Lodaga people, sought help from Nangwen, who is their creator being, and the Kontongbili, who are Nangwen servants and also thought about as uh, beings of the wild and owners of the land, and sought help from, from Nangwen and the Kontongbili to deal with the famine and, and drought that they were uh, living with in their land. And through the, the activities, the rituals that they were asked to carry out by the beings of the wild, they were able to restore a plentiful harvest, rains, and balance back to their land. And I've been wanting to share this myth with you all since I read about it, because it is one of the few that I am aware of, which is contemporary, it's, it's, it's similar to uh, other myths that I have run across from across the world, the most prominent being the myth of Demeter and uh, Persephone of the Eleusinian mysteries um, found in Greek culture. And if you're not familiar with it, the, the myth of Demeter and Persephone tells the story of how Hades, the god of the underworld, captured Persephone, who was Demeter's daughter, and took her to the underworld. And Demeter is so upset by this occurrence that she stops the growth of everything on the earth because she's the, the goddess of the harvest. So everything withers, plants wither, animals cannot eat. Basically, earth starts to shrivel up until the gods, the Olympian gods, negotiate with Hades and he agrees to release Persephone. But before Persephone is able to leave the underworld, she eats six pomegranate seeds, which bind her to the underworld. So for the rest of her life, she has to spend some time in the underworld and some time in the world of the living. And it is this is how the, the Greek people explain the, the occurrence of the seasons. So when Persephone is in the underworld, there is winter, the plants shrivel and die, the earth kind of dies and slows down. And then the spring returns and flows into summer. And that is when Persephone is back with her mother and everything is growing and the harvest is plentiful and everything. And this myth was central to the Eleusinian mysteries. And this was a means by which people in Greek society could access knowledge and information on how to live better in alignment with the world around them. So the myth of the bagger plays a similar role for uh, Lodaga people. Uh, the Bagger Society is, uh, is a group of people who offer support and information on how to live better. And people who seek initiation into the Bagger Society are people who have troubled lives or illness or just want to have access to a means to be in better relationship with the world around them. I mean, initiation into the Bagger Society, from what I've read in literature, is voluntary. It's not necessarily required of every member of Lodaga, Lodaga Society. 
Um, but um, if you were to become a member, then your initiation process will follow the, the storyline of the myth of the background. There are two parts to the myth of the background. The first part is the white or dirty bagger, and these are for low-level initiates. This is what we will be reading today, a part of it at least, because it's pretty long, so we'll read the first part of it. And then in uh, episode 8, we will read the second part of it. And then there is the black or oily bagger, which is for higher-level initiates, so you can't be a black bagger initiate if you haven't gone through the white or oily, um, white or dirty bagger um, process. So it's that what what the 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 myth itself it's in the form of a long poem which tells a story of process and rituals and things that happen, and um, as far as I know, there is no um, freely available recording or reading of this myth available to the public, except um, as through a university I think in Europe or something, and this is behind a you know a protected you know environment you can't really access it. So this, as far as I know, like I said, is one of the, the few recordings, freely available recordings of the myth of the bagger. I will be reading from um, a book called The Myth of the Bagger, written by Jack Goody. And he is a British anthropologist who spent time among the Lodaga people, talked with um, members of the bagger society and had their permission to record this, this myth. And from what uh, Jack Goody says, uh, this myth, as he recorded it, is just one version of this myth. So there are other ways this myth can be told depending on who you're talking to. Um, as usual, I will include resources, including a link to Jack Goody's book, which is available on Internet Archive, as well as links to other bits of information about Ludaga society, because I think they are just wonderful people. So I hope you, you enjoy this reading. And without further ado, we will start with a reading of the white bagger from the myth of the bagger of the Ludaga people. Gods, ancestors, guardians, beings of the wild. The leather bottles say we should perform because of the scorpion's sting, because of suicide, aches in the belly, pains in the head. The elder brother slept badly. He took out some guinea corn and hurried along to the diviner who poured out his bag and then said, let's grasp the stick. They did so and he picked up deity. He picked up the wild. He picked up sacrifice. He picked up deity. That was what he picked up first. He picked out deity and began to ask, what deity? Deity of childbirth? Deity of farming? Deity of daughters? Deity of grandfathers, deity of grandmothers, deity of the bullstring, deity of chicken breathing. You reject them all. Deity of meetings. The cowries fell favorably. It was so. The elder began to think, got up quietly and hurried off to his father's house. He called his children to come. And they came there thinking to themselves that it was a call to eat. They ran there, met together, and the elder got up and went out to stand on the pile of earth. Taking some ashes and cold water, he began to spurt it out, spurted it over the children, saying, I spurt it over you. If you see sheer fruit, do not eat them. If you see new crops, don't eat them. He told the children they could go down. When they got home, the elder laid down to sleep, but tried in vain. So he got up, 
and went again to the diviner's house to pour out the bag, and he asked him about his fear. What sort of fear is it? It is not fear. Last night when I lay down, I didn't sleep. That is why I got up and came here. Came to ask if you know whether you can help me in this matter. So he spoke and went home. He went back and reached his house, and as he got there, see the children who have gathered around. In the evening, they came together and he told them where he had been to inquire at the diviners and was told it was a deity that has come from the front, that is pointing with the right hand, that has come to stay here, that has come bringing childbirth, that has come bringing good hunting. He has not come to return. So he spoke and paused. And yet you children don't want to farm, don't want to raise chickens, don't want to possess the truth. And yet the problems are beyond us. We, the initiates. The first men searched in vain, and they went and deceived us. We, the living ones. They went away, and they should have taken it, the bagger, with them to the land of the dead. But they left it for us, and we searched in vain. And so it was that he took the cold water and took ashes and said, It is good help that I want. He spat out the water, so it spurted over them. And he told them to come in the evening. For when he comes back to this place, he comes with food. He does not come empty-handed. He points with the right hand, never with the left. He comes with the truth and does not bring falsehood, so that our bagger will fall flourish. However, all power lies with the rain god. The soil is parched. We cannot see its fruit. However, the earth is now pregnant. How is she pregnant? She is pregnant because the hot season is here. That is why we know the rains are near. And if the God is a true God, he will look after us. So we will get the fruits of our farming. How will we get them? The rain God will beget and leafy things will come forth. We will take these to perform our rites. This it is that lies ahead of us. He spoke in this way and stopped. And then he did something else, came back again, and continued the ceremony. The earth gave birth, leafy things burst out. The old woman, a thoughtful person, gathered some bean leaves, plucked them off their stems, and began to cook them. She began to eat, and the children saw her and wanted to eat. She told them, your father will say something. How can you eat bean leaves? The children's father came along, and when he got there, she took something and put it on the ground. What sort of thing? It was some food he wanted to eat. He raised his hand. He raised it, picked up some porridge, dipped it in the relish, and began to eat. Then he saw the leaves. What leaves are they? They're bean leaves. He asked who cooked that kind of soup. So he spoke, and when he had done so, he stood up and left the porridge and the relish. He went out, climbed onto the roof, and called the children. They came there and he told them to go out and run around to tell the people that the black initiates should come the day after tomorrow and take these bean leaves and do their work. They went round to tell the initiates, and when they had done so, they went off to their father's farm. The wise old woman plucked some bean leaves. When she had done so, she began to cook them. When she had finished, she put down the pot. They came there. When they had done so, the old man told them to look at the bean leaves. As he said, 
They forbade these things, but today you see bean leaves in the soup. Don't you see they initiate sitting close together? Don't you see guinea corn, which is now porridge? Don't you see malted grain, which is now beer? They came here, saw the food, and ate the lot, these greedy people. When they had finished, they made a noise, and the elder told them to stop. They did so, and he asked them to draw together. They drew together, and when they came, he took a stone and sat there. The earth priest then said, The earth shrine and the guardian and the deity, they told us to perform the battle, and therefore we must take top and begin to do so. Don't you see? It's the tail we grasped. That's what we hold and beg for those growing things which have not yet grown ripe. Give us help so they will come. That is why we are here. And he spoke and paused and spoke again so that they may know about the performance. They know that what is done is but little. We will bury the matter that troubles us. It seizes hold of us so that we beg for a head that sits on our shoulders. About those matters that remain, he will come and tell us that he does not come to do us harm, but speaks so as to bring a peaceful house. Then we told the children we had finished and turned homewards to the father's house. And when we reach there, what is it that remains? The yams, they also belong to our bagger. However, they are not yet full grown, so we must wait. We wait and one day the children's father went to the bush to farm. He went there and came back later. When he arrived, see the wise old man goes over to his in-law's house and finds a yam, digs it up, and returns to the father's house. She cooks it, lifts it off the fire, puts it down, and starts to eat. Don't you see the children? They see it and cry out. They cry out, cry in vain, for she tells them they must wait till their father comes and meanwhile keep quiet. They keep quiet, and when he came, she took the yam to give to their father and told him that his in-laws had sent him the yam. And he replies, well, on account of this, the children nearly sinned. And he went up and told the children to go round and inform the initiates that tomorrow they should come and perform the ceremony of the bean flower. They came there two days later. They came there and sat quietly. See the beer, see the porridge, see the yams, see the beans made into soup. See the meat they put in bowls, and they say that if a neophyte can eat like a bull, let him do so. They spoke to the white initiates with their big, greedy mouths. They got up and poured the first beer. The top of the beer they poured and drank, saying, The speaker, he drinks beer. And they say, About the beer from on top. I say to them, Drink. I have drunk. So I say, They finished speaking. Do you see the food? They were eating, and when they had done so, the white initiates, those hawks, they also finished. They are so pleased, they start to make a din, and the elder tells them to shut up, for they have gorged themselves. They replied that there is still more food. He told them to draw together, and when they did so, he told them about the matter that troubles us. This is our land. It became pregnant, but has not given birth, so today the yams we dig out are not full-grown and look like the heart of a cow. You see, we dig out a yam and cook it on the fire. When these are cooked, he tells them to look at the matters that remain. They came to say that we should tell the children, and then sat down again. 
He takes some cold water and some ashes and prays. He calls upon God, upon the earth's shrine, upon the guardians, upon the deities who all say we should perform backward. That is why we go out today to take away the evil so that we can get up and get what we need. He gets up and tells them to go and return. In the evening, they should come back. And when you come, you should come from the front and not from behind. And you should point with the right hand, never with the left. You should come with food, never come empty-handed. Do all this so that the produce that is not yet ripened may grow well. And we can then bring it along and show it to the children. For we want them to sit together so we can bury the matter that troubles us. Take hold of it and follow its path. For we still beg for a chance to find a head that sits on our shoulders. So we spoke. And when we had finished, the white initiates, those hawks, came out and made a din. They went off, went off and left us sitting there. And they asked, what lies ahead? They finished speaking and a thoughtful person then replied that, what lies ahead, that which remains, we call it the ceremony of the bean flower. This we hold on to and follow until we reach this point. One day, the elder went to sleep and put down his kin bag. The elder was a fool to go off to sleep, and old guinea cock and his mate, last night, fought together. He wanted to sleep with her, and she refused him. And so he got up the next morning, walked around amongst the guinea corn leaves, and saw the bean flower which he picked. And his mate hurried along and said to him, What is it? Let's eat it. He replied, why was it that yesterday I asked you to lie with me and you refused me? And now, look at today. The two guinea fowl were struggling and found themselves in front of the elder. He saw the white flower and, taking a stick, hurled it crying. Oh, my bag has a hole in it. My shell money has dropped out and the guinea fowl is eating it. He threw the stick, picked it up, and as he did so, he realized it was a bean flower. He exclaimed, well, this is just the way our children might have sinned. The children returned from the farm, and when they came, he told them they must run round about and tell the black initiates and the white initiates. When those hawks hear the din, they'll come here. So he spoke to the children, and they went out and ran around to announce that the day after tomorrow, they should come for the beans. They arrived there, and when they had come, what did they do? They asked if it was about food, and he replied, Oh well, it is in order the fire shouldn't blaze up. We must release the children from their fast. That's why I've called you to come and perform the ceremony of the bean flower, and give to the gods. Don't you understand? And they replied, well, they thought it was about food. They finished speaking. See the bean flower. They perform their rites, and when these are done, they say, You see the guinea corn turn to porridge. You see the malted grain turn to beer. You see the beans made into soup. And they told them to repeat their words. Which words? They had thought it was only about food. And replied that the God who came for us said that he has come to eat. He's not come to return. Because of this, I want you to repeat the word. So they said, Gods, guardians, deities, beings of the wild, ancestors, 
you say we should perform. Because of this, scorpions sing and suicides happen. Because of this, we've struggled for many days to remove the evil. Now we come to today. Wouldn't we perform the beans? The beans have turned to soup, the guinea corn to porridge, and the malted grain to beer. However, we say to you, God, this isn't much. Since it is the old path we follow, help us so that we can hold on to it and follow it and bear the head that sits on our shoulders. They finish speaking, but the rights of the room remain. The white initiates finished eating and made a din. One of the elders told them to stop their noise. They became quiet and he said, The problem that troubles us we are unable to solve, uncertain as the milk of a pregnant cow. We must act on our own and come together to know what lies ahead of us. And the elder asked, What is it that remains ahead of us? And they said, The thing that remains, they thought, was that we turn back and perform a certain ceremony. What is that? The bagger matter, that is, the announcement of the bagger. Because of this, we will turn back and find out about the announcement of the bagger. Some of them cried out, Oh, how is it that you first carried on without finding out, and now you turn back again to get to this point? This time, we turn back again to find out the right way. And a certain man said to them, A great matter this is. So we'll search around to know the reason. So they began again and said, About the announcement of the bagger, we did this before and now come to the sheer fruit and the sheer nut. Yet they say the time is not ripe. So they said, we will perform the ceremony of the sheer nuts and then go on in the proper order. But if the season hasn't come, how will we get hold of the sheer nut? We told the children they should not partake of new crops. It was a sheer fruit we told them to bring back and eat. The weather is cool and the good farmer, the good poultry breeder, took his quiver and his bow and his hoe and his axe. He reached the farm. And when he began to hoe, he noticed some creatures. What were they? A large fruit bat, which is one of our burger elders. He and his mate, when the darkness fell, played together. He wants the female, but his mate refuses him. So he gets up in the dark and goes to the top of a sheer tree, where he seizes a fruit. He eats some and then puts it in his mouth and comes down to his mate. When he gets there, she sees it and asks him to give it to her. He refuses, saying, why was it that on our mat I begged in vain and you refused me? Then you see some food and you want it. The fruit bat's mate said to him, Give me yours and I'll give you mine. And the male got angry. I won't give you. So he, our bag elder, ate it and left the nut, which he threw away. He threw it away and the farmer finished farming and took his hoe to go to the bush for white ants. He began to dig, but with no success. So he went to the foot of a tree, where he suddenly saw another mound. He dug there, and when he had done so, suddenly he saw the knot that Abagar Elder had left behind. He took it, came to his house, and when he got there, the elder, Napolo, was asleep. His son came with the white ants. Then thirst seized him, and he took his bag, took a hundred cowries, put them in his bag, and went off to drink at his lover's house. The elder, Napolo, was sleeping when he heard the noise of chicks. He told people to call his son, and they did so, but with no success. So he got up, took some water and some guinea corn, and went over to where the chicks were. 
he sat quietly and began to feed them. He did so, and when he had finished, he took part of the mouth and broke it in fragments. When he had done so, he took another piece and broke it. When he had done so, there remained the loose earth. He said he would pour it out. He did so, and stirred it with his hand, and saw the sheer knot, and he cried out, Oh, oh, the fire blazes up. If we don't act, the children will sin. And so he picked it up and put it in his bag. The old woman's children came along and took it and gave it to a clever woman. He took it and knew what to do. She cooked it for three days. And when it was hot, she put it inside a big cooking pot. When she had done so, she went out and told the elder and he said she could keep it. If he cannot continue, she should sell it to pay for farm help. She put it down and he said, no one should speak about this to the children. And so they said nothing. And the son, when the darkness fell, came away from his lover's house and reached home. He was told to go round and inform both the black initiates and the white initiates. When those hogs hear a din, they'll come along. They went out and walked around, saying the announcement of the bagre. The time for its malted grain was tomorrow. They went around, and when the second day arrived, they took the malted grain together with the basket and brought them up to the big rooftop, where they put them down. And they said they should put their hand in and see if it was full. They asked again, saying, What becomes malted grain? And they replied, Guinea corn becomes malted grain. What do they do to guinea corn to make it become malted grain? And they replied, The loose grains they sweep up and give to a clever woman who does her work. And when she has finished, she takes a calabash, winnows the grain, and God's breeze blows what's bad away to the woods, leaving what's good. The wise old woman goes and takes a brewing pot, fills it with water. Three days later, she cuts some grass and climbs up to the roof and then descends to the front yard and sees the grain. When she has finished, she climbs up to the roof, empties it there and spreads it out. When she has done so, she takes the grass to cover it over. When she has done so, she takes a mat and covers the lot. Then she sprinkles some water and in three days, she removes the mats. And when she has done so, she takes her left hand and plunges it in to see. She does so and finds the grain sprouting, so she kneads it. And when she finishes, the wise old woman thinks what to do. She takes the grain to put it in a basket. And when she has done so, she gathers her things and covers it again. She covers over the basket. And three days later, she uncovers the grain. When she has done so, she takes it out to get dry. She lays it out and God's breeze blows upon it so it dries. She takes the grain, comes down and shows it to me. I said that she should take it and put it aside. And if I am unable to perform the bagre, I will use it for farm help. And so it happened that she put it aside until the fire blazed up again. Then I called and asked you to look at the grain. You looked and told me that you understood what I had said to you. Look at the neophytes. They put their hands into the basket and measure their malted grain. They know how to measure and do it with their left hand and then with their right. And they told the elder that there was not enough. But because of the matter that troubles us, we will take it to beg a head that sits on our shoulders. And when they had measured it, some slender girls took the malted grain, climbed down from the roof, went outside, and walked round to people's houses to grind the grain. When they had done this, they hurried along to their father's house. 
What did they do there? The affairs of God bring great suffering. They took some pots and followed each other till they came to the bank of a stream. They found water, clear water, drew some and returned to their father's house. They knew their job and took the grist, poured on the water, and then took some out in order to fry it. When they had done so, they mashed it together, put it in a large pot and poured in water. And when they had done so, what did they do? They built up a fire so it would brew. When it was done, they got ready to scoop it up. They poured in water, mixed it all together, and then strained it. When they had done so, they took the wort. They took it, poured it in a large pot, and then went up to the roof of the house to lie down. Early in the morning, a featherless cock was beating his wings, beating them quickly. The slender girl jumped up quickly, came out of her room, and hurried down. In one large pot, she saw the beer, which she tasted to see if it was ready, and found it was. As the beer was ready, she got some firewood and returned quickly. She took a guard and skimmed the liquid, and when she had done so, she poured it in the brewing pot. When she had done so, she built up the fire so that it simmered. When it did so, she scooped Tom out, and when she had done so, she scooped out the rest, put it back in the brewing pot, and then built up the fire so that it simmered. Then she scooped it out. And when she had done so, she climbed up to her father's rooftop and lay down to sleep. She slept there, and when the bear was cool, and the wise old woman who knows her job brings some yeast and drops it in, see how the bear begins to ferment. The slender girl took some pots and poured it in. The elder hurries along, takes the drinking guards, which he counts for the neophytes. When he has done so, see the initiates coming near. The slender girls carry the bear, climb up and go outside. See the malted grain that has turned to beer. See the guinea corn that has turned to porridge. See the leaves that have turned to soup. They came there, the greedy ones, and started to eat. See the elder called them to silence because of the malted grain. They became quiet, and he said, You want food, yet what about the seniors who sit near you? Why is it you eat without giving them? The senior guides who know their job came forward and took the beer, the top of the special pot. They offer the speakers a beer to drink, and then these tell them they've had their drink. So the guides go back to their beer and drink the lot. They make a din, and the elder becomes thoughtful and tells them to keep quiet, then tells them to wait a while. They do so, and he asks them if anything's left to be done. They waited, and he told us something does remain. He said that Bagra affairs being great suffering. We begin it and follow its path but find nothing. Don't let this just be for fun. It is not like that, so they should hold their tongues. When they were quiet, he took some cold water together with ashes and went over to a mound of earth. He sat quietly and told them they must now keep their promise. And they asked, what promise? And he replied, Bagre affairs bring great suffering, and we know not what to do. They sacrifice to the ancestors, to the gods, to the guardians, to the deities, to the earth shrine, in order to find the things that remain. And they said, the gods, the ancestors, the guardians, the deities wanted us to perform because of the scorpion sting, because of suicide, and remove the evil up to this point. The white initiates began to argue with us. That is why I told you to hold your tongues. The performing of the barrier is a serious matter. He told the children they should think about what he says. He finished speaking and his companion then said, We don't rear chickens, yet the bagger affair is an affair of chickens. What will we do? 
The thoughtful one replied, The fowls they will bring to give you will take them, some of them, to give the neophytes. Some people are fortunate. We will pray and distribute them. Don't you see the elder? He takes some fowls and then speaks. The gods, the ancestors, the guardians said we should perform because of the scorpion sting, because of suicide, aches in the belly, pains in the head. The elder brother slept badly. We performed it all up to this point, but the question of chickens is a difficult one. You see the fowls. Look after them well. Watch them carefully. For if they come to anything, you too will be something. If they lay, the eggs will hatch. The eggs won't go bad. The chickens won't die. All of them will be the same size, like the brood of the one hen. And we will take them and go back to perform the task that remains. For this reason, we say that you should keep the fowls. How should they keep them? And they replied, they should keep them in the house. This special fowl is called the beginning fowl. Why beginning? Beginning we talk about, and yet you don't know the meaning. The present bagger is a beginning, and therefore if someone else's hen should come and lay amongst its eggs, they are four feet. All of these will become the beginning fowl's own eggs. We will take them and perform our bagger tasks. We finish speaking. The white initiates ran off home. We told them to go and wait for the part that remains. And now we tell them to return home and go round to the black initiates, the knowing ones, for they want them to divine in order to know about Bagger matters, how they are and how they go. So they will consult with the ancestors and the deities. All these people come, come along, and they say what they have to say to the initiates. God's breeze came there, and the place was fine, and the raindrops fell down upon the things that had not yet grown. There's guinea corn and beans and bambara beans. These are bagger things. Don't you see how the rain makes everything grow? One day, the sun beats down upon the guinea corn so that it ripened, and the groundnuts too were ready, and the bambara beans matured, and the beans swelled with sand. They went and harvested and spread it all around so that God's breeze blew on it. On the third day, they piled it in a heap. The elder laughed out loud and said, Well, this year... The hoe has really produced things for the house. So he got hold of the children and told them to come there. So they came there where the elder was, thinking it was about food. And he said to them, The farming we did, now we see it's been fruitful. Now we know that the deity brings the truth. You people, in two days' time, run around to the black initiates and to the white ones. When those hawks hear it, then they will come. So they spoke and they went out, ran around and told everybody, all the black initiates, when they had done so, then on the third day, they gathered around on the rooftop. He sent the senior woman to fetch a basket. She went down into her room, where she used her weights and collected the malt. She climbed up to the rooftop and put it down. The elder called the members to gather around. Those greedy ones began to think it was about food. They started to laugh and came over. He told the children that the matter which had troubled them for so long caused the evil the scorpion sting, the suicides, aches in the belly, pains in the head. For this reason we farmed, for the fruits of the whole. And God came to our help, and we had a harvest, but not large enough to deal with the matter that troubles us, and we could not understand. And therefore we take a pile of guinea corn, split it in two, and spread it out. And the women who know their job take long sticks and beat it so the grains fall off. They divide them in two, and a broken basket they take up on the rooftop to winnow the grain. God's breeze blows the bad into the bush, leaving the good. They take it and pour on water to let it soak. They take this and strain it, 
climb up again on the rooftop to spread it out. Then they say they'll cut some grass. They do so and go back to the rooftop. And when they get there, they cover the grain. Two days later, they take it and uproot it. And they think and begin to knit. And when they finish, they said they will collect it up. They know their job. And once more, they take the old basket and put it so the roots will wither. And when they had done this and the sun had shone upon it, they poured it out upon the ground. They spread it out and the sun shone upon it. And they went up, collected it, and returned to the elder who said, Very good, I see it. They should keep it for the performance is getting near. They did so. And when they had finished, they all dispersed. After they had done so, the place was quiet. Why was it quiet? It is the dry season that has arrived. And they spoke, saying, The time is ripe. What is left for us to do for the whitening ceremony? So they spoke, and the elder instructed the children to go out and tell the black initiates to come. As for the white initiates, when those hawks hear a din, they will come too. They went out, ran around, and informed the black initiates. The white initiates thought that it was about food, so they too came down and followed them. The other went and called his wife to collect the malted grain and climb up to the roof and leave it there. He said, The time has come and therefore we say, the malted grain, you should take it to measure out in the proper way. They take it and climb up carrying a guard along with them. They do this and dig their hand in. They measure, and when they have done so, they fill the guard to overflowing, and again they fill it to overflowing, and they fill it yet again, and again it overflows. They do this three times, and they speak, saying, It is not enough, but God troubles us, so we take it to beg a head, a head that sits on our shoulders. They finished this and took the grain and gave it to the woman. They took it, and when they had done so, they went down to the rooms below and used their wits. They ground it, they ground the lot, then they cooked the beer. They cooked the beer, and after they finished, two days after, they all came here and saw the malted grain that was beer, saw the guinea corn that was porridge, saw the beans that was soup. They saw the elders sitting and went over. These told them to go around and ask people to come quickly because of the children who were fasting. They should come quickly. They came, and when they got there, they took their beer and went to drink. But they said, wait a while, so they stopped, and the elders collected the fowls. The elders neophyte, his fowls were eight, and he said, The gods, guardians, ancestors, deities, say we should sacrifice because of the scorpion sting, because of suicide. The elder one slept badly, so he spoke. Therefore this fowl, take it. Take it and give it to the earth. Take it to give to the guardians, together with the ancestors, so they may eat. If you think that the bagger has no problems, let the first chicken fall on its back. They take the first fowl and cut its throat and it's accepted. When it's accepted, they take another fowl to give to the earth and it falls favorably. They laugh softly and go inside and choose a fowl to give to the ancestors and choose a fowl to give to the guardians and climb up to give to the deity together with the gods. They all fall favorably. After the fowls are accepted, the guides then say, For the fowls, that's enough. It's enough. Now to the eating. The guides start to eat and the elders call them to stop. When they have done so, they tell them that as for the special beer, the elder has not yet drunk it, yet you want to drink it first. So they spoke, and they were afraid. They took their beer, took the head of the special beer, and came over to us, the senior initiates. 
We drank a little and left it to them so they could drink. They proffer drink to the neophytes, and when they have done this, all the guides go on to eat. Eat their fill, everyone snatching from one another. When they had finished, they made a din, and the companion told them to stop a while, and they did so. They thought that this business was the same as we had done before. The elders then told them that today was the whitening ceremony, and there was work to be done. And they exclaimed, oh, what kind of work? They replied that for the neophytes, we should find sheer oil, together with some strings of fiber, together with small guards. If we want to get these, we should go out and search for fiber. The old woman laid out her fiber. We stole them, but told her, and she asked for the money. She asked for how much? Twenty cowries. From a dry skin bag, I took out exactly twenty. We did this, and when we had finished, we came to a place where we went down to the bank of a big river. See the guard hanging on the vine. We picked it and returned to the house, to the bagger house, where we put it down and cut a hole. When we have done this, we remove the inside. We take it out and leave the good, then pile them together. The elders said that today, this very day, is the one they call the bagger eve. You will have much work until the break of day. So he spoke and then told them their task. What task does he give us? The bagger oil with a hit pad and a round guard. That is the task he gives us. Those people using their wits announced that the fire hurried near. And they told the neophytes that today is a bad day and yet a good one. When we took you as neophytes, we told you that you must not pollute yourselves. The day has come. If you have slept with a girl and hide the fact, then when they widen your nose and whiten around your mouth, you can never be anybody in this bagger society. They asked this three times. You deny it. The bagger sponsors ask again three times. You deny it. The bagger guides use their wits. They take some string and the guards and put them together and take the bag and tie strings around them. When they have done so, they use their wits, take the share oil and pound it. Then they take some millet husks. They take them and drop them into the oil. When they have done so, they tell them to take the string. You take the string. They ask, Neophyte, have you confessed everything? And he declares that he has done so. And he asks, shall I mark? He asks three times. And the reply comes, yes, mark. So I take him and give to my companion. He also asks three times. And the reply comes, let them mark. So they mark. And when we had marked and had finished doing so, we took our oil and said, we'll mark around the mouth. And he was afraid and said, oh, why mark my mouth? And he replied, he would mark your gossiping mouth, but that he'll leave your eating mouth. They say this and take the oil, and then they mark lines on you and crisscross the lines. When they have done so, they tell you, if you should go out tomorrow and sit down and look at your brother, then if he speaks to you, don't answer. If he laughs at you, don't laugh. When he has spoken and comes to an end, he says again, today I have smeared you with oil. If you have a wife, don't go near her. If you are a woman and have a husband, don't go near him. If you are unable to do this, speak and they will withdraw you. You have all sworn that you can do this, you spoke, and finished, and they have whitewashed you, and finished. When the time came, the elder stood up and called upon God. God, he called three times and turned to tell them that God had come down to earth wearing his things, his heavy attire. He came down and he said that he came for food and not to return that he points with the right hand and never with the left, that he approaches from the front, never from behind. And then he said, You have heard that he brings food. Have you seen the food that comes? 
The guides took the bells, covered the guards, and tied them together. And he said, that guard, if it breaks, your head will split. Everyone knows about this, that if it breaks, then your head will split. It's like breaking your own head. So we should grasp it and hold it gently. And the guides then said, when dawn comes, you will go and beg guinea corn. If you're thirsty and want water, don't drink. When your guide can see you. If there is a big stream, climb down. Put down your guard, cup your hands, scoop up some water and drink it. If you know that the guide is approaching you, you must get up, come away and continue your path. However, if it happens that you want to defecate, then wait till he passes and crouch down. When you get up, take a shortcut by crossing the fields again. Go out in front of him. He will then get up and see that you're still in front. If you allow anybody at all to see you drinking water, he will cry, Oh, I see a neophyte drinking water. That isn't good. And therefore we always hide when we drink water and hide when we eat anything. He spoke, having showed them what to do. And when he had done so, he returned to the battle performance and showed them these two. When the time arrived, he got up and took a broken basket and put it in front of you and said, this is your begging basket. Tomorrow, he'll set it down for you. The people who, like you, will bring 20 calories to put it in your basket. If there is enough, then they'll be able to continue the bagger ceremony. He put it down, and they threw in a lot. And when they had done so, he took it to give to the bagger elder, who took it all and collected it together. He spoke, saying, when the guinea corn is ripe, it is this money we will use to continue the bagger ceremony. We take a basket to put in your hand so you can go out. When you beg what they give, whatever it may be, take it. If it is earth, they scoop it up. Take it, for that is our bagger way. Do you understand? When you go out and beg and get guinea corn, bring it here and I'll collect it and keep it so that you can go around and beg some more. Because it's not enough, but it is God that makes him suffer. That's why they say they'll take it, to beg a head that sits on your shoulders. They keep it, and when it comes to the time, they take it and say, well, the old women's children should take it and trash it and put it in a large fan. It is not enough, but I couldn't help it, and I'll take some extra to add to it so we can continue the bagger ceremony. Thus he spoke, and when he had done so, they said, well, yes, they understood. He took the corn and kept it, and when this had been done, they still went around. One day, the elders, the thoughtful ones, said they cannot permit you to take your guard and walk around, so they will take it and keep it. And they took it and kept it. The fellows said, no, they cannot take the guard and keep it. When they said this and finished, he asked, what can we do? He said, the guard is like an egg for us. We cannot put it down and leave it. We will take it and go around. This thing you told us to take out with it will go around. And if there is work to be done with it, we shall do it. So he spoke. And when he had done so, he said to us, the guinea corn that we collected by going round is enough to perform this affair. However, as for the fowls that matter, it is difficult. And he asked, what shall we do? And he replied, just as I earlier begged for the guinea corn, in the same way, go out and beg for the chickens. He finished speaking. I tell you, if you go out tomorrow when you get up, take along your younger brother, a small boy, to follow you as you go around and beg. If you see just a few, a few what? A few chickens. And they said, now, now you're a hawk. If you're leading the way and come to a house where no one is about, then take a fowl. If you see someone is around, in that case, don't take it. But rather, if he should give it to you, take it. If he doesn't give it to you, then leave him. 
So I told them, when the day dawns, you get up and I give you a chicken basket and a boy to follow you around. You arrive at the house, you see a fowl, you seize it. He shouts at you, you leave it and go home. You told them and they say it is not so. If you should go and seize it and they snatch it back, don't be angry. Wait for a while and ask for it. If it happens to be a member, he can't take it back and leave you empty-handed. If he's a non-member and takes it, leave it and go on. For the fowl he took back, it cannot survive. About our ceremony, the elders told us to come closer. We did so and they said, well, this thing we have begun and have come to the whiting ceremony. We want, now that we've reached there, to get to know God's dwelling place. Then the companion rose to his feet and said he believed that God is here on earth, where we walk. And one man exclaimed, oh no. He went on to say that he believed that God is there in the sky where we look. And he said, no, no. He said again he believed that God is there in front where he points. And the other said, God is not there. And he said, I believe that God is there behind me where I turn. And the other said, God is not there. And he said, God, I believe is there on my right side. And the other said, he is not there. And he said, God, I believe is there on my left side. And the other said, he is not there. So he asked him, where then can God be? He who troubles us and the children and the women. And the companion said, well, about God, we hear his name without knowing him. Yet today you ask me about God's dwelling place. And he replied, well, I must ask because yesterday I heard you call and shout out and say, God, I hear you when you call. And you said, God, he hears and will descend. That's the reason I now want to discover the place from which he comes. However, if it is all right, we can go on with whatever remains to be done. The companion then asked, what is it do you think remains to be done? He replied, in our whitening ceremony, I think that the part which remains for us to do, that is the beating of the month.